It's the official Scottish Rugby Podcast. We've uh, we've got the full team here this week. Myself, Caroline Blair, Scotland women's captain, Rachel Malcolm, and uh, you'll hate me for this, Mossy, but the birthday boy himself. Belated <laughs> that was last birthday week. Best that was wishes. last week. It was last week. I believe, I believe somebody... You, we haven't spoken to you yet. I know, somebody must have let it loose on social media within Scottish <laughs> Rugby. I got a whole host you wouldn't of know messages. the way. You wouldn't know. I know. Well, no, well, it was fairly obvious when I got so many messages <laughs> coming. I says, oh, oh, there's a cat in the bag. But yes, <laughs> another year older. Another year older last week. So, oh, very good. Very nice to get a few messages. A few candles blown out, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, not that I'm implying anything at all, mostly. Uh, follow week for you in the TikTok Women's Six Nations, Rachel. So, yes, I suppose that. A chance to catch the breath a wee bit, yeah, uh, and and I suppose re- reflect on rounds one and two. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, like disappointed off um, the back of Saturday, I think would be like the, the overwhelming emotion. So it's taken a few days to kind of get over that one. But I think like reflecting on it, uh, really proud of like what we've achieved. Obviously, we've got a really young squad, um, the Six Nations. And probably two of the toughest test matches I've played in um, for them to to kick it off as well. So I think, you know, testament to to the prep that we've done, but but actually where where these girls are at in terms of, of their development and where we're at as a team. Um, like I actually think, you know, there's so many positives we can take from it. And I think the fact that we were we were in it until, you know, the last two minutes against a very good Welsh team at the weekend is is a big step forward but it's just tough to take because you are in it right up until that last minute and then you lose it again so uh, but you know three more games to go and put it right you've um and saying that you've played the top two teams in the championship so far in England uh, and Wales uh, France have won as well but they've not got the two bonus point wins I was I was really impressed with England I didn't think they'd be as strong as they were in terms of some of the changes they've had and some of the injuries they've got but did you find Wales have improved since the World Cup? They looked a lot better. It looked a completely different level of performance for both sides, in all honesty. But do you think? I mean, I think yeah, you've like improved. I think, but I think Wales improved as well. No, I think they they played differently to what we've played yeah. against before. I think you know they had like a much more balanced game in terms of playing for their forwards and then you know releasing their backs at the right moments and and. You know they 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 moved the ball around a little bit more than than what yeah. they have done, but then they were actually really good at just keeping possession for long periods of time, particularly that second half. Um, you know, the second half we defended for such long periods of time, um, and they did a really good job of just looking after their own ball. And we kind of on the other side of that, when we had the ball, probably didn't just hold on to it for long enough and and put yeah. them under enough pressure. So I would say it probably was the best we've played against Wales. Mm-hmm. Um, but they played better. Um, and I, I would say that they, they are better than, than when we played them at the World Cup. And I think, um, you know, their front row, I thought, were outstanding in particular. Um, not just a set piece, but I think, you know, the way they carried and, and got them on the front foot. Um, you know, they put in a real good performance. And then, like I said before, like their backs, actually, they, they were really... Um, really challenging in terms of just kind of trying to shut them down as much as possible so yeah I would say they've improved it's funny eh? like you could probably say sorry sorry I'm just saying on the the pressure of a World Cup probably inhibits performance a wee bit in that as well do you know what I mean and and getting away for that and then back in a clean slate but the stats back you up as well in terms of defence the tackle numbers from well yourself and Lana Lana topped it I think with 33 tackles or something I read uh, I know I made twenty five, but I was like, oh, like, surely that's the most that she's got. You're about fourth. <laughs> <laughs> you're fourth on the left, but that 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 kind of backs up what you're saying in terms of Wales having the possession 
and the amount of tackles you have to make. And then when you do get possession, ultimately, you're sometimes you're not in a, a great shape because you've had to defend that much. So you then concede possession again and then have to defend again. It's a vicious yeah. circle, isn't it? Yeah, there's a few bits I think we're a wee bit disappointed with in terms of probably more like game management, more so than actually, like I, I think we made some poor decisions. Um, mm in different parts like exiting as well as like um just some decisions in 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 that final third as well so mm-hmm. like loads of stuff that we can learn from and like I think that's the nature of you know this isn't like the most settled team at the minute in the sense of like we've not played a huge amount with the combinations that we're we're playing at the minute both in the forwards and in the back so I think you know that was always going to happen when we were under pressure um but it's just something we can learn from we've got two weeks now building into France and um, another really good opportunity to go out there. You know, that's a team who who fancy themselves at home. Um, so, you know, it'll be a real tough battle. But I think we've taken massive steps forward, huge amounts of confidence in the group at the minute. And I think, you know, we've got to just build on that and learn from mm. the little mistakes that we made because it is small margins. It's such small margins, you know, either side of half time. If we'd got, you know, the driving mall try, for example, just before half time or got, you know, at points off the back of like the pressure we had before half time, that could have been a different game. And I think yet yeah, we obviously came out after half time. They charged down the kick, I think, and mm-hmm. then and then got a try soon after half time, and it just really swings the momentum of the game. You know, we were back in it, um, having gone down at the start, and then it's, they just get back on top. And just from an energy point of view, that's that is really difficult. Um, so like it's just little learnings from them. It's like how we swing those momentums in our favor rather than kind of ending up on the back foot. You've mentioned about the the squad and at this stage. I mean, if we look at the likes, if we're about to hear from Corinne Grant in a minute, we had a, a lovely catch up with her, uh, or I had a, a catch up with her just before that Wales game. So, looking at that squad, looking at where you're at at this point, we're accepting that at this stage, after the beginning of a well, it's the end of a, a Rugby World Cup cycle yeah. and the beginning of a new one, uh, and so early on. I mean, with that in mind, Rachel, where Scotland's at is very much an evolution, isn't it? This is a journey that you're on. Oh. Like a hundred percent, and I think you know the likes of Corinne, um, you know Fran McGee started the last mm-hmm. two games, her first two games, and you know I said after the game at the weekend, it's probably not there's should be hard pushed to find two tougher matches to start her international career with than than England away and then playing against an an informed Wales team as well, um, you know Emma Orr in the centres, Merrill kind of getting her first couple starts as well, like that is a lot of inexperience but players who are actually stepping up to the mark and, and playing really well so it's so exciting and promising for this next World Cup cycle but we have to we like I think as players you know we do need to have to take a step back and say like we are at the start of a cycle um, and you know that there, there is a lot of fresh blood in there and I think you know at the end of that game we had two really young props on as well coming on and getting really vital experience against a really experienced Welsh pack so like all that stuff is is so fundamental to our growth and I think it's so exciting as well you know Eliane and, and Anne and those props and then Eva Donaldson um young second row as well getting opportunities so all it, like these players are players who haven't had a huge amount of experience actually on the pitch they've been a part of our squad for the last few while but they've not had that many opportunities so this Six Nations is massive in, in their development and like I said to the girls after we played England, we're not going to compete in these competitions with 15 players and we need to develop the squad. And the fact that I think, you know, in the England game in particular, the impact that, that the bench made was was unbelievable. The way they, that we finished that game, we, you know, we put England on the back foot for the last 10, 15 minutes. And I think, you know, that was testament to the 
to the squad and those young players coming on and bringing energy and showing what they're about. So we're in a really good place in, in that. It's it's just about, you know, those combinations getting experienced together so that we can kind of pull it all together and, and fit all the bits of the jigsaw together at the same time. Well, tee it up then for us. What's she like as a player? What's Corinne like? <laughs> uh, fact, Corinne, fact, let's not speak to her about as a player. We know what she's like as a player. What is she like in this squad? <laughs> Oh, she's just the, she's probably one of the kindest, uh, most thoughtful people in our, our squad. She's, she's, she's quite quiet, but she's, you know, just a lovely, lovely human being, Um, you know, super diligent when it comes to her rugby and just so passionate about playing for a country, but also just a really lovely teammate. Um, But, you know, you wouldn't, all those words probably don't marry up with how she plays on the pitch because she's fearless and, you know, I'm we played a warm-up game against South Africa at the World Cup and she she was unbelievable. Like, South Africa were swinging for heads left, right and centre and I, most of us were keeping away because we were worried about the game that was coming up the next week but Corinne was just flying into every single one of them and, like, she's just an absolute fearless player and she's she's a real team player as well. You know, she just wants to do whatever she can for, for the good of the team. Um, but no, just uh, oh, just one of the best people, you know, such a lovely person um, and great to have around the squad. And, um, you know, it was very special for her to to get to play against England because she hadn't played in front of her family yet. So um, to get that opportunity because her, her first cap was during COVID times and then she's been a bit unlucky with selection and stuff like that. So, you know, it meant a lot to her, but we all kind of knew how much it meant to her to get that opportunity as well. So, um, yeah, as soon as I saw her name on the team sheet I dropped her a message and told her how excited I was for her as well so uh, no been delighted to to see her get these opportunities this last couple of weeks um, and well deserved because she's been phenomenal for Saracens all season. Well let's hear from the woman herself now. Today I am joined inside Scotland Women's Camp with Corinne Grant. Great to see you. How's it been so far? Yeah, it's going really well. Uh, we're three weeks into our prep now and one week out uh, from the start of the Six Nations, so we're we're all rearing to go, really. What have you learned about yourself this campaign? Because you're very early in your Scotland journey, I suppose. You've you've got one cap under your belt, but you're you're developing fantastically. But what have you learned about yourself so far during this current camp? Uh, yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think I'm just really excited by by the prospect. Um, it's been a fun season so far. Um, we've had a big block of games in in the Premiership. Um, so just really looking forward to to getting started and hopefully put my hand up to get on the pitch. We'll go into the Premiership in a wee moment. We'll also go into your Scotland journey. You've got that look on your face as if to say <laughs> this is a deep dive indeed. But let's go back right to the beginning of your rugby journey. How did it all start for you? Oh, uh, it started in Edinburgh um, um, back when I was probably um, just starting high school. Um, I there was a taster session on. At, I was at the Royal High School uh, local, and I just got to hit some tackle pads. And I thought, yeah, this is it. I love it. Uh, so it went from there. Um, I joined Murfield Wanderers um, at the kind of under eighteen level. It would have been then, um, and played played through there through the Scottish Cups, uh, and then on to Durham University played my uni rugby there. There was a wee trial of a bit of American football for you at one point, was there not? There was. Uh, we spent three years in the States uh, when I was um, kind of mid-teens uh, with my family. 
so uh, there wasn't any women's rugby on offer there so I, I tried a, a variety of different sports but did one season of American football uh, which was uh, it was great fun it was really <laughs> good fun it was with uh, the boys team at school because there wasn't there wasn't a girls team uh, but they really took me under their wing uh, and just had just had a lot of fun uh, but rugby was always the one for me it's funny when you think about it the age and stage that you're at just now of your development if you look at the time that you're living in and that you're playing in there's a perfect example that you were over in the states uh, at that younger point of your life and they didn't have access to women's rugby then and look now pro contracts it's been quite an evolution for you and you're very much in the thick of that transition stage yeah it has it's it's rocketing up really like the um, the exposure we're getting the number of young girls that are interested now is just great to see we've been doing a few school visits um, over the past few weeks while we're up in camp and there's, there's always young girls there and they always love seeing us and it's so great um, that we get to be there and show them that actually this this there is a real pathway now um, and that's something they can aspire to be which is just fantastic. Do you feel a sense of responsibility with that? I don't. I wouldn't say I feel responsibility as much as um, I think it's it's an exciting thing. It's an inspiring thing. Um, it's definitely something that that drives us. You know, we want to be an inspiration for younger generations, and it's probably um, a motivational reason as much as a responsibility. And what has it been like in the camp then, in that sense, or your time with Scotland Women so far? You've got an amazing group of athletes here who have got they've had very busy lives we now have 20 pro contracts it is a really exciting time for women's rugby in Scotland what are you learning about that group uh, I guess and and how are you enjoying being involved in that setup yeah enjoying it massively I think um it is a a, a real time of learning and um, as you said that we've got some some players who've been there for years and years you know 50 cappers and it's so incredible to have their experience in the squad and um, but this season especially we've got some real young guns young talent coming through which is fantastic because they bring new ideas new perspectives um, just that little bit of spark to training which is fantastic and um, so I think we have a really well-rounded group this season and it's just about you know making sure we gel well on the pitch and everyone's on the same page going into the campaign and they're chapping at the bit as well that's the other thing so there's that side of it too where you've got these incredible careers you've got that experience in the squad but now there's also that a real sense that there's a, a depth here with with a constant knock at the door and people pushing through behind you. Yeah, absolutely. Competition is great. You know, that's what drives us to be better. And especially with the, the Thistles Cup now coming into play, you know, the those girls coming through, whether it's university or schools or whatever, they're getting a chance to get a taste of that, you know, what it is to play against other nations, to go and travel and perform. And so hopefully that will really come through as well in the national team. And part of what you bring into this is, I guess your background too and your 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 life away from the Scotland camp. Um, I mean, talk to us a bit about Saracens. When we when we think about Saracens, we think about a club that is deeply in, embedded culturally. It has a it has a real reputation for that. What are you finding? What's your experience of Saracen women? Um, you're you're right. It is uh, it is a lot about the culture. Um, you know, we talk about the wolf pack and um, the Saracens support is incredible. We have really very dedicated fans and they travel to loads of our away fixtures and they're always there um, and that gives you a real sense of belonging with the club um, and wanting to make them proud of our performances um, and that's 
definitely something we have in common with Scotland. I think that's um, a thread that I find in, in both teams because, you know, here we we have incredible support um, and uh, we just want to make them proud, really. We feel that. Uh, you know, anytime you speak to anyone that represents and is, has the privilege and honour of being selected to represent Scotland, whether that be the men's, the women's, it, it, it's that sense of how important it is to have the off-field cohesion, to have a really good culture in place. And we are getting that real sense across the board. Is that the case? Is it as simple as that? Or, or ultimately, we are athletes. You are, you are athletes at the end of the day too. You could argue that a club can just, or, or a national side, could just be expected to go out and play and do the job. Why is it so important? That's a good question. Um, I mean, you could say that. You know, now for a lot of us is our job, um, which is brilliant because we have so many more resources and time um, under our belts. Um, but that's not the reason we play rugby and that's never the reason that especially we got into it. But I'd, I'd say probably the same for the men as well. You know, we mm -hmm. play rugby because we love it, because of the community we find here, because of the people we get to play alongside and the people that support us. Um, so I'd say it's the job helps us. It gets the, it gets the job done quite literally on the pitch, but um, that's not the reason that we play. And away from rugby, it's, I guess you've got a you've got a lot going on too. Away from rugby, you've got real passions and environmentalism and that side. How important is that in terms of having that off field life? I guess and talk to us a bit about that and what that looks like for you. Yeah, I th I, I find it personally very important. Um, I think that having something outside of rugby helps me have a, a balanced life. I think if um, rugby was the be all and end all, I'd find it a bit more stressful, but I like having the time set aside for something else and matters that me, you know, that I'm passionate about. Um, and yeah, it takes my mind off when, you know, we've got a stressful day coming up, um, I can focus on something else as well. Have you managed to get a few of the other Scotland women involved in hiking and things? Have you managed <laughs> to get them up the Monroe's yet? There's a few, yeah, we we went up um, Snowdon last year uh, with a, a group of us, um, Jade Conco, Katie Dugan, etc. were there. Um, and out in New Zealand, you know, we had um, we had days off that, we, you know, we all went down to the beach and... Uh, it must have been a playground the out there in that it sense too. It was absolutely beautiful, it was stunning. Uh, so that was a real treat for us um but you know i'm always uh, on their backs about various environmental things whether it's the the takeaway coffee cups or um the the carrier bags but so they're probably a bit sick of that by now <laughs> <laughs> but it's important to you isn't it as well and having the two parts of your life and it feels like there's a real rhythm with what you're doing here now that you're you're feeling quite in sync with it all would that be fair to say yeah i think along with the contracts coming in and I so I work uh, part-time um, with my journalism as well and the two just balance out really nicely you know it gives me um, the kind of headspace to to get away from from rugby and kind of channel my energy into something else and um, yeah it's given a, the week a really nice rhythm. And talk to us about that moment as well that you first got the call to say that you were going to be involved in the Scotland setup for the first time. What was that experience like for you? Gosh, it feels like quite a while ago now. <laughs> Casting my mind back, um, 
but it was really exciting. I'd been involved with the under twenties um, for for a while, and making that step up, you know, it's it's never easy. But the girls were really welcoming, really took me under their wing, and it just felt like such an opportunity to to learn and to stretch. And it's what every what every athlete wants, what every rugby player wants to to represent uh, their nation and the national team. So um, I just remember being really excited. Well, all the very, very best for for the TikTok Women's Six Nations. And I guess for your own, to summarise, what would be a good outcome for you personally, for you as a player, if we were to do this podcast again at the end of the TikTok Women's Six Nations, what would be a, a successful one for you? Oh, I think just stepping on the pitch alongside my pals. Um, hopefully my family can be in the crowd and I can put on a good performance alongside my teammates that that makes them all proud and um, and that yeah Scotland is proud of that's that's the dream well we are all 100% behind you wishing you all the very best for the TikTok women's six nations it's been such a pleasure speaking to you so Rachel then it's onwards to France the final week this week on to France would you almost rather have carried on going or are you quite happy to have the have the break <laughs> uh, to be honest, <laughs> I think we Physically. need a break. Um, <laughs> the, I honestly, I'm not sure I've been a part of a test match that physical mm-hmm. um, in a quite quite a long time. Um, my body, I think, what are we on now? Tuesday, um, and my body is nowhere near where it usually is on a Tuesday on a on a test match week. So, um, it definitely needs. Should a we say that weeks. it looks like you're in your bed right now as well? <laughs> <Should> we <laughs> <fly out? laughs> Recovery. Yeah. Recovery. There's there's been a lot of time spent horizontal or in a swimming pool um in the last couple of days. Um so no, I th- I think we were ready for a break. We'd been in camp for kind of the three weeks prior to to starting the Six Nations as well. So even just that kind of pressure cooker um is quite a lot as well. So I think, you know, just to have a wee bit more time just to take a breath, regroup. And I think, you know, the disappointment off the back of the Wales game's been been quite hard to take as well um so you know it probably did come at a, a good time and we've got three on the bounce uh which is tough you know mm. that's it's a little bit different to the to the setup of the men's one so three on the bounce is, is really hard and you know you don't think like that in a club setup because you know you play game after game for 11 weeks on the bounce at club but when you're in that pressure cooker of camp and um all the kind of emotions and media and all the other stuff that comes with with a six nations three on the bounce is tough um yeah. It is, yeah, re- it is it's really hard. Like I don't think yeah. I think I've done three in a row in a World Cup. Yeah. But it is really hard. And also between France and is it Ireland? It's a six day no, turnaround. Italy, Italy France is a six day turnaround as well. So you've got a travel day, and but I think Sunday, Sunday. Travel on the Monday. Yeah, so so like, we play France Sunday, yeah. travel home Monday, yeah. and then we play on the Saturday. So that's that's gonna be pretty another horizontal week, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but no, like, yeah, no, definitely the, the break was needed, I think, um, probably mentally um, more than anything, but also physically. I think, you know, the girls put in an absolute shift against Wales. Um, and, you know, like we, the word we wanted to use was was relentless about how we wanted to play. And I think that's exactly what we did. And I think, you know, when you play like that, it takes a little bit longer to recover. Mm-hmm. But playing against France is, is going to be equally as physical. So I think we probably did need... A little bit of a, a respite this week and then build towards what will be a, a real tough test against France. But, 
one that that we're excited about playing in France is something I've not had the opportunity to do yet, but I've heard lots right. about it. Is that right? Yeah, I've always missed out. Ah. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed, everything goes to plan in the next ten days or so. But um, yeah, no, I've never never got to play France away just through injury and and whatever else. So um, so yeah, I'm excited to give that one a whirl. <laughs> Well, now, hopefully, that window, that game is on the 16th of April for round three of the TikTok Women's Six Nations. And that game is, of course, available to be watched on BBC Scotland and BBC iPlayer. Let's turn our attention to the pro teams then. So uh, Glasgow Warriors take on Lions in the quarterfinals of the European Challenge Cup this weekend. That's after seeing off Dragons in Gosh, what was it, Mossy? I think 16 tries in total, 11, yeah. 11 tries for Glasgow. Five of them were scored by Johnny Matthews. <laughs> what a shift, what a game. Yeah, like it was, um, I mean, it was a statement victory, wasn't it? Um, knockout rugby, um, Glasgow have been in such hot form. Whoever they've played, whoever they've played against, whoever has been selected to play for, for the Warriors, there's a real kind of drive in order to, to get a, a position in that starting team. Uh, Franco has rotated his squad incredibly well, He, but he's, he's done it in order to keep a real hunger within players as well. So whoever plays and whoever they're against, they get a level of performance. It's uh, it's kind of quite eye-opening, really. Um, and Do you see I that in training, to... Mossy, as well? Do you do you yeah, see yeah. that stuff? I mean, it's exactly... That's funny, because exactly what you see is what I see in training when, when I'm uh, in and around a couple of days a week, the... Um, there's just this drive for improvement and the the team selection, I think every time you open it the, the, or hear the team selection or see a team, you're surprised in some way, shape or form, not by who's playing or who's not playing, it's just by what combinations coming next. And, and I mean, there's lots of different combinations. There's lots of players getting game minutes. There's lots of players who are trusted to start games and other players coming off the bench. It's a brilliant setup he's got and, he's, uh, and everybody's you know really... Back in that and the way they perform, and Johnny Matthews rumps in. I mean, his second try was was utterly ridiculous from halfway. <laughs> Alan Dell breaking through the line, delaying mm. the pass, and Johnny accelerating through. The rest, that he said, the other four were, you know, driving mole tries. So yeah, lines this week. Don't know what the squad will be, what the team will be. Glasgow have only lost one game in the last was it twelve or thirteen? I think we're on that was against the Lions. Yeah, twelve or thirteen. Yeah, so and that was against the Lions. Uh, End of February in Johannesburg at altitude in the heat, so it's at home at Scotson. Um, so I think we're uh, we're going to be served up a cracker because the Lions scored fifty points and put fifty points on Rass in the weekend as well. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see some points on uh, Saturday night. Well, indeed, three home games then. So that one, I mean, what a game that will be if you can get to Scotson. Gosh, uh, Rachel might be a bit a bit tricky. Are you are you going to manage to get? Would you? Get I am to actually. Yeah, you I are know, brilliant. Yeah, Good. Good camp. Till... Excellent. Sunday evening, Monday morning, I think it is. So, um, yeah, gonna kettle and Scotsman with a couple of the girls actually. So, um, yeah, no, take an abacus, and... take an abacus, and yeah, your fingers <laughs> and toes. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I, I, they, I couldn't uh... believe it. I was exhausted watching it. I could not believe it. But what would frustrate Glasgow and Frank? I said I saw Franco immediately afterwards, uh, and he was frustrated. Um, yeah, I spoke to a few of the boys actually. Yeah, I saw them in Scotland, and they said the same thing. Mm. I, I think they were frustrated as well. I think the, yeah. the Dragons scored four tries. I think three of them when they were down to fourteen men. So that's a, a frustration for for them all, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for the for the players and, and for Franco. Um, uh, Kick off reception wasn't what Franco wanted it to be. The, the, the although. Two of the tries were directly from kickoffs. You'll not get much better kickoff reception than scoring a try without a 
a breakdown, but on a few occasions there was misunderstandings or mistakes. So definitely bits still to work on. Um, and as you say, after this weekend, back to your see with the final two uh, regular season games at home. So lots to play for for the Scarlets and Connor. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be it's it's a way to round out the season and and a really interesting before we, we we sort of round things off, but a really interesting first season for Glasgow Warrior fans to see Franco Smith and to see that evolution there too. So it's 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 makes it quite an interesting three home games at the end and then into next season. I was, I was just intrigued. How do you follow up season two? It'll be interesting to see how he goes. Well, it's the playoffs first, isn't it? It's the obviously yeah. knockouts. Uh, and I think if Glasgow were to beat Lions, they would play the winner of Claremont and Scarlet. I think. Uh, I think Claremont, Vernon, and Scarlet. I think. Uh, uh, I think that may be away from home as well. And then obviously you've got the um, the URC quarterfinals, semi-finals, and potentially finals. So um, yeah, it's it's always funny. I don't, Rachel, what your take on end of season playoffs versus leagues, but it, it's always quite difficult to know well, you don't know where your season's going to end mm. so having that momentum and having that focus on each week being a, a cup final ultimately this time of year is really important and then backing up backing it up so it's unless uh, you've yeah. had as bad a season as my club team has you don't well. need to worry about it but, um, uh, no, but then, you're, then your pre-seasons yeah like two months I know that's the problem? thing you, that's a, you really get a hold of that's the case um, but no it is, it is difficult I think you know it's a little bit of that you're getting tired for the final every week, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and that takes like mental energy more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of who's. I think you know, like the squad rotation, but it's super important by that point in the yeah. season as well. Like you mentioned about Franco, um, and how he's managed his squad because that's that's where it pays dividends at the end of the season when it is like that mental kind of um, mentally taxing aspect to to having a cup final every week, um, and then having to finish off with with hopefully playoffs and whatever else. Well, it is this weekend then for Glasgow Warriors against Lions, 8pm at Scotston on Saturday. What a game that is going to be. Uh, Edinburgh Rugby have a fallow week uh, after defeat to Leicester in the last 16 of the Champions Cup. So that means that they're back in URC action for the last home game of their domestic season uh, so far. That's against Ospreys and that one's a 7.35 kickoff on the 15th of April. That one will be at the Dam Health. But for now, that's it from us on the official Scottish Rugby Podcast. As always, there is the latest news and updates can be found on scottishrugby.org and, of course, on Scottish Rugby's social media channels. Mm-hmm.